Aaron Selbig. Yes, Dr. Amy, wait a second. Aren't I the one who's supposed to? <laughs> what's going on here? Why are you starting? I, don't, I start. I don't. No. You don't start. No, I start. No, always get to start. Just because you're older doesn't mean you always get what? to be. Listen, I'm starting this time because I have a very important follow-up question from last week's episode. Did you do your oh. homework assignment? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, you're supposed uh, to write a book report. No. You, Wait, what? Aaron. Aaron what? You what? Yes. Last week, after <laughs> I did. Our episode <laughs> about Girl Scouts of America that you were going to live by the oh. Girl Scout law. For yes, 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 yes. Okay. Week. I did. Yes. I yes. I did a promise that. About what you promised. Uh, yeah. Can you do a quick okay. rundown of. <laughs> All right. I will do my best to be honest and fair, friendly and helpful, yeah. considerate and caring, mm. courageous and strong, and responsible Ooh. for what I say and do. That would be new for you. And oh, come on. <laughs> that was unnecessary. Well, you failed the Girl Scout laws. You're supposed to be nice. <laughs> oh, crap. Hey, I didn't make mm. any promises. Respect okay. yourself and others. Respect authority. Use resources wisely. Make Ooh. the world a better place, Aaron. And, of course, <laughs> wow. to be a sister to every Girl Scout. How did you do? Uh, well, the last one I tried, but, uh, let's see. I, um, I'm not sure if I was courage courageous, uh, or if I respected authority, which has always been a problem for me. True. Uh, I can't say for sure if I made the world a better place. That is a tall order, you know? Um, you know what I did do though? I did use resources wisely. Oh. Just yesterday, yes, yesterday, I was on a bike ride and I was getting tired and it was kind of hot. And then I remembered I had some chocolate covered espresso beans in my bag. <laughs> and so I used those resources very wisely to keep wow. myself going. Wow. How about that? Pretty I good? I give you a, a D plus. Great work, everybody. D plus. <laughs> if only I had made the world a better place. Exactly. Well, I mean, keep trying and report back and we'll see. Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are... The Latchkey Kids. All right, we're back with more of the Latchkey Kids, and this is pretty exciting. We've hmm. got, uh, is this a two-parter? I'm not really this sure. Is a uh, very, another very special two-parter, Aaron. It's a very <laughs> special episode of the Latchkey Kids, much like, do I even need to say it? Yes, I do. Oh, the time oh, Punky no. Brewster oh, got stuck inside a refrigerator. People, you know what it's, to do. Latchkey just as special as that. Oh, my I don't know. Gosh. If you're listening on Monday morning, which most people do, it's probably <laughs> too early for Latchkey Kids drinking games. Last week, Amy, we talked about extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Did Girl we? Scouts. So fun. So many wonderful memories you had of you wonderful. and your Girl Scout sisters. Slash traumatic, you know. <laughs> right, a little bit of traumatic. <laughs> yes. And But this week, Dr. Amy, it is my turn mm. to hit you with my number. I did a few extracurricular activities uh, throughout my academic career. Uh, I played soccer briefly in elementary school. Very lackluster soccer. Right. Uh, what 
else did I do? I was in Drama Troop. We were both in Drama yes, Troop, right? We were. Oh, yeah. Drama yeah. Troop was a lot of fun. We went and played, did you know, little skits at old folks' homes and stuff like that. That was that a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, what else did I do? Um, gosh, nothing too memorable. But the thing that I did from all through, I think I started in the fifth grade. All through middle school and into high school, I quit my senior year. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I was in the school band, yes, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it probably it was a big began thing. With our music lessons at Milano's Music, as it did begin guess. there. Yep, it began. Course, yeah, was MacArthur Elementary School band. Yep, that that's wow. that's where it really began. Was was I I remember distinctly. I was in the fifth grade mm. and I heard about band and I was like, oh, I've always wanted to play the saxophone. You know why? Because Richie Cunningham played the saxophone on Happy Days occasionally. Wow. And I really thought, well, it wasn't very frequently. And I don't think that Ron Howard was actually playing the saxophone. He was just okay. kind of. He was lip syncing the saxophone, if you will. But every once in a while, when things were getting wild at Arnold's, wow. he would hop up there and he would play the saxophone. Little and he, Opie Taylor? Oh. Little Opie, Opie Cunningham really went crazy. <laughs> Turns out he knew how to play the saxophone. Oh and I thought, you know, gosh. that well, right there is how you get girls to be interested in you. Obviously. You know? Between that and, of course, uh, as discussed in our music moments of 1985 episode the number one song of 1985 careless whisper with that beautiful <laughs> yes. saxophone saxophone solo, solo. yeah ah, no back in that time wow. the saxophone was actually kind of you know it was a thing it was a thing it was in pop music it was on the radio mm. it was it was pretty pretty cool so I decided to pick one up. My parents rented one for me from Milano's Music. They ended up buying it, I believe. Mm. Um, and so there I was. And and so a big part of that, once you're in, you know, the school elementary band, uh, once you get into like middle school and especially in high school, they push you right into the marching band. You pretty much oh. have to be in the marching band. Marching band is everything. Marching band is life. Dr. Whoa, Amy, it is, I, oh well, God. you're, you're, I'm about to tell you marching band and you know, people who are listening right now who were in marching band, they're nodding their heads because they know what I'm talking about. It's basically a cult is what it is. Mm. It is a cult and you're either in it or you're not. And if you're in it, you're in it all the way. You better be in it all the way because for one thing, practice is at like four o'clock in the morning. It seems like right. <laughs> it's yes, like right. you're that's out right. there for hours freezing your butt off before the sun even comes up long before school starts you know every morning every day of the week it was crazy so so it's 5 a.m you're out there and you're wearing your orange polyester bell bottoms you have your alto saxophone the morning dew is dampening your cheap felt booties part of the uniform and you're walking sideways like a spider really cool as you belt out the opening few notes of Stars and Stripes Forever by Mr. John Philip Sousa, a man you're going to get to know quite well. Aaron, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Aaron, um, I really feel, do you have a saxophone hmm. on hand there? Cause we can no, really I don't use anymore. No, I don't. I wish I did. Maybe, addition, okay. You know, 
audio production note insert saxophone music here okay i will do that i'll try to remember that so you know what the marching band is no joke though dr amy it is hard it really is i'm not kidding it's tough it's like you have to get up insanely early in the morning most of the band directors are like fascist dictators they have no problem picking apart the weak they will yell at you they will berate you in front of your colleagues it's intensely competitive it really is everyone wants to be first chair you know it's it's tough yeah not unlike you know the football team right yeah it's like sports it really is Outfits, you're practicing at all hours every day of the week. Your coach, mm-hmm. you know, your coach is essentially what you're describing to me. They're yeah. yelling at you and picking off the week, and you want to be, you know, the captain. You want to, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and for myself, having been a high school administrator, principal, and such, um, I've had, you know, marching band teachers that I, you know, yeah, supervised and whatever. And so, oh, yeah. Did you have to <laughs> rein them in? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, yeah. the thing about band <laughs> They're enthusiastic, put it that way, is right? The great ones are amazing, and also, yeah. yes, there, there are certain things that maybe, like, they don't necessarily take care of all the things like taking attendance or whatever. You know, like, there's some right. focus, yeah. you know, on what they're well, doing. Well, if you're not that. there, well, I mean, if you're not there, you have to be there. You have to, because... I mean, well, let me let me back up a second and let's say maybe my marching band experience might not be quite as might be a little more intense than some people's. Yes, I, yes. I in 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 the high schools in the valley, at least back in the 1980s when I was in high school, mm-hmm. this stuff was like pretty. It was a pretty big deal and it was very competitive. The high schools there are huge. My high school, I ended up graduating from Dobson High School, had 3,000 students. They're yeah, huge. They're like little cities. Yeah. Yeah, they're all that's, like that. That's thousands the size of students. Of the, the town that I live in. Yeah. <laughs> so the marching bands were were the size of college marching bands and yeah. we basically did stuff like college marching bands. We weren't just going out and honking some notes. We were good. We did all sorts of crazy formations. We had yes. s- interchanging circles. We did shapes. We, all the stuff that you've seen on TV of college marching bands doing all these formations. We did all that stuff. Yeah, and if you sure. weren't there, there was a hole in the circle. There was a, the square was missing a corner. You know, it was very noticeable. So you had to show up every single day. You had to be there insanely early in the morning. You would get yelled at if you played the wrong note or marched the wrong way or barfed on the football field, which happened. (laughs) There is limitless potential for embarrassment and humiliation in marching band. I am not kidding. So, I mean, hmm. the bond, though, right? I mean, sure, yeah. You know, embarrassment, but also it's like, it's got to be like, yeah. Like a family, right? I mean, well, kind of. I mean, it's more like it's more like an insane amount of it's more like being in the military, honestly. Ah, okay. And and it's an insane amount of peer pressure going on. Um, yeah, we had fun occasionally, but it was a lot. You're not really selling this to me. It was a lot of work. No, I'm not selling it. Do I recommend this for your children? I don't know. I mean, if you want them to, you know, uh, get up early in the morning and and 
suffer humiliation uh, before the sun comes up. Sure. I mean, but you know what? Every parent's goal, really. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, there was there was one reason that made it worth it, though, Dr. Amy. And there is one reason only why I did it in the first place, and that was for the babes, obviously. (laughs) Of course. To draw in the ladies with my sultry saxophone playing. Unfortunately, we were playing, you know, John Philip Sousa marches, which was not as seductive as Richie Cunningham. (laughs) Anyway, uh, uh, let me back. Like I said, my marching band career began in the fifth grade at MacArthur Elementary School. We had this band teacher there that, man, he really got the ball rolling. He was a yeller, and he would yell at us all the time. And this is actually kind of sad. He was yelling at his class one day, and he had a heart attack in the middle of class. He survived. Yes, he survived. I forget the guy's name. Uh, He was a he was a very he had some health problems. He was quite overweight, but he would get very upset. Incident? Were you there? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was there. I saw. I witnessed it. Yes, yeah. He like fell. He fell on top of the piano. Oh my! Yeah, I know. He fell on the piano and he like collapsed on the ground. I remember this. And we all thought he was. Oh, it was the talk of MacArthur Elementary School. Oh my god! I don't remember his name. He lived and he ended up coming back, and but he had to be much calmer, I assume, on doctor's orders. But I'm telling you, I don't know. Every band director I ever had was like this. They were all like this. They were just militant, like kind of mean, you know. Anyway. So then I go to Keno Junior High, and that's when you get into the uniforms. Ah, and the uniforms there were were white, white pants, yeah. white pants with white Reeboks, and a green, oh. like kind of a golf polo type shirt that said Keno Colts on it. And that was pretty much it. They would get more elaborate in high school. Of course, of I'll talk about that in a minute. But and and we didn't do the elaborate like football field routines in junior high. What we did was parades. Yes. So many parades. I there was a parade, parade every weekend, yes. pretty much. So we we had the Elks Lodge Parade. We had the Fourth of July Parade. We had the Frontier Days Parade. We had all these parades. And so we would do that. And then, uh, you know, and I would have my alto saxophone, which is the second smallest of the saxophones, which was good because I was... Up until the summer between seventh and eighth grade, I was not five feet tall. <laughs> I was, I was four foot eleven in seventh grade. I pl- I did play the tenor saxophone in jazz. I was in jazz band and symphonic band. I was actually, I mean, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> but but I was a pretty decent musician actually. Yes, I was I was yes, I was okay. Yes, yeah. So. Good. I was always in the top level band and I was usually first chair and I was pretty good. And so I played tenor saxophone in jazz band and in symphonic band, I played the baritone saxophone in junior high. And I don't know if you've ever seen a baritone saxophone, but if you just stand it on the ground, it's almost five feet tall. It's this huge thing. It's like a cross between a saxophone and a tuba. Like if a saxophone and a tuba had a baby together, it would be a baritone saxophone, but it sounds amazing. It sounds so cool. It has this like deep kind of 
It's not a bass instrument, but almost, you know. It's got this real deep timber to it. Very sultry. If Richie Cunningham had had one, he would have had all the ladies. Wow. So... You know, I did always wonder, I mean, the tuba players, you know, in the Martin yes. band. Like, that's uh-huh. a very, very poor life choice, I feel like. like well, you got to be... They didn't really well, think, it, think it through, you know? Well, let me tell you something. The tubas in marching band are different than the tubas in a symphonic band. The tubas in a symphonic band are, are big, heavy brass yeah. instruments that you hold in your lap, okay. and you kind of hold them there, and they are quite heavy. Yes. The marching band they're tubas made are made out of a different—yes, they're made out of oh. a different material— <laughs> And instead of holding them in front of you, they go on your shoulder, like they go around you, like they go like on your shoulder. Yeah. And they're still heavy, and that's yeah. why, I mean, the the kids that were in the marching band, or were the tuba players, were always the biggest kids, the, the biggest, the strongest. Yes, yeah. that's right. But I wanted so bad to march in the parades with my baritone saxophone, but there was no way. I would have had to like put it in a wheelbarrow and like have somebody... <laughs> wheel it along while I played it, and that just wasn't going to work. So I got stuck with the alto saxophone. Me and Steve Westby, my best friend. Do you remember Steve Westby? I don't know if I do, but you, you know, you speak Well, we were nerds. Yeah. So I feel like I remember him just from your story. We were saxophone nerds together as well as we drew cartoons in band class uh, on the music stands. We caused a lot of trouble at Keno Junior High, there was there was the unfortunate band trip incident that was referenced uh, in the episode uh, yeah. Times Aaron Got in Trouble. Great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And just to quickly recap, I'm this makes me sick to my stomach to even mention this story because it really is quite bad. I brought alcohol on a junior high band trip when I was in I believe I was in eighth grade. And uh, just to be cool, we weren't really, I wasn't getting drunk or anything, but I was, I wanted to be cool. And so I like snuck some, I don't even know what it was, uh, into a water bottle. Probably. It was disgusting. And I brought it on a band trip on the bus on the way to Flagstaff. And of course, I got caught. And it was a whole big thing. And Mr. Sauerbrunn, the band teacher, never liked me after that. And so it kind of went a little bit south. And then there was another time, Dr. Amy, that I thought it would be fun. To bring an elk call into band class. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was, and it turns out it was fun. Now, do people uh, not know what an elk call? I know very yeah. well because I oh, yeah. was raised by our father. So <laughs> yes, right. Well, Dad and I used to go elk hunting, and yes. and part of part of hunting elk is you use an elk call, and an elk call, it, it's just a little teeny thing that you put in your mouth. It's like a little piece of like, like a little plastic. It's like yeah. a semicircle shaped thing. Yeah. And it has a little piece of rubber. And yes. if you hold it just right against the tip of your tongue yep. and blow on it, it makes this really high pitched kind of sound. squealing noise. Yes. Like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I can. An okay. Animal in distress that would attract audio, elk. audio production note insert oh, elk no. call sound here. <laughs> So there, that's how horrible it is. Yikes. So, but the thing about the elk call is it fit entirely inside your mouth. So it was like, it wasn't like a duck call. 
You just put it in your mouth, so it was concealable, right? So I thought, this will be funny. I'll take it into band class. And so we're playing, and we're in the middle of a song, and I just, like, let out the elk call noise. Oh, no. And everybody's like, whoa, what the hell? And Mr. Sauerbrunn's like, okay, stop, stop. What the hell? And he's like, you know, he thought somebody hit a sour note on their clarinet or something. I love that his name is Mr. Sauerbrunn. Mr. Like Sauerbrunn. Sour puss, you know? Well, it's and he looked exactly, he, he looks exactly <laughs> like you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> he looked very angry all the time, but maybe that's just because that's how he was looking at me. I was a troublemaker, I'm telling you. Anyway, so I did that a few times. He never did figure out it was me, although I'm sure he suspected. But Lashy I mean, kids, true confession. A yeah, statute of limitations has been on this crime, so you're fine. <laughs> I never got in trouble for the alcohol incident, but I definitely should have, because that is a terrible thing to do. That's really terrible awful. Thing to do. Really what terrible. A jerk you were. I know. <laughs> And I loved band class. It was my no. favorite class. I don't know what was wrong with me. Did, did your bandmates uh, think it was funny? Did they know it was you, or were they just Steve Westby did was in on Steve Westby was in on it. But even he was. I remember he was like, I was like, I'm going to do this. It'll be hilarious. And he was like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure if that's a good idea. <laughs> that seems like. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, dude. That might be going a little bit too far. And I'm like, I'm doing it. So wow. I did it, and yeah, and then wow. I felt bad wow, later. Wow, wow. Well, Aaron, I mean, when you talk about marching band, you know, I, to me, I just think of when you were in high school, and particularly mm-hmm. at Corona del Sol. That Corona del Sol. Band, yes. Oh my God, people! It was amazing. Have no idea mm-hmm. how good that marching band was. I it was care amazing. About marching band, but we would go to your competitions, and as mm-hmm. I recall, they were all over the state. Oh and yeah. Oh, you mentioned the formations. We were the best. Mm-hmm. And the, what I, the one that I remember is two circles that overlap, yeah. like in and out. Yeah. And yeah. wow, 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 wow. Ooh, yeah, we did all incredible. kinds of stuff. No, we were good. We were, we were, it was us and Marcos Deniza were yes. always competing one and two. And it was usually, we were usually number one. We usually won most of the, the tournaments. And it, it was a big deal. We would go to the college football stadiums at Arizona State, U of A, yes. and Northern Arizona, and those were like the big three, you know, yep. um, especially the one in Tucson at, at U of A. That was like the big one, you know, and our band that I was in was, like I said, we were always either first or second, always, every single one, and we were usually first. I, so, yeah, that's where all the I pressure came the from. Colors, the- the colors of Corona del Sol were oh, orange God. and yellow. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Orange, wow. yellow, orange and yellow, and a little white. bit of white. Yeah. And oh, let me tell you the uniform, okay? okay? We were basically dressed as matadors because uh, yeah. it was the, the Corona del Sol Aztecs, which I don't know where the matador yeah. thing came in. But we had black, um, not like sombreros, but like wide brimmed hats that like a matador wears, you know? We and the rest of the uniform was orange polyester, flared bell-bottom orange. pants yes. with flames going flames. up the sides. Yeah, I remember the flames on the bell-bottom. Oh, Aaron, yeah, you have any flames. Of this? Oh yeah, there are photos of this. I believe so. Yeah, I'll, oh I'll try gosh, to find I some. To see that. We had a big floofy like pirate white shirt with a black bow tie, and then over that you had a short cut 
uh, orange polyester vest ah. over the shirt that had orange. flames coming up the sleeves. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No wonder you thought mm-hmm. you were going to attract all the ladies because, wow, what a uh-huh. scorching. And then we had, we had white gloves as well, white gloves. <laughs> yes. It was quite something. The uniforms had been at the school for I don't, many years, since like the 60s probably. It had been the same uniforms. They were very heavy. This is in Arizona. Very hot. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heavy material Terrible. Arizona, so like a very bad idea to me. You, the tuba players had it real bad. Let me tell you. Oh, no. But but that band was awesome. We were we were real good, and we knew it too. And we were kind of yes, we were cocky about it. We would strut around like we knew everybody knew who where we were because yeah. you know you can't miss the uniforms. And we would go into ridiculous uniforms and all. We were like intimidating. Like we would go into these competitions, mm-hmm. and everybody else was like, "Oh shit, it's it's Corona del Sol," yeah. and like, "Yeah, we know. That's right." <laughs> so we had all these intense practices. We did sophisticated marching footwork. Yeah. We had drum majorettes with the batons. Oh, we had yeah. a drum line that was just out of this world. Um, it was pretty sophisticated yeah. stuff. Yep, yep. We had the flags. We had all of that stuff. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And like I said, the things that I liked about it were the there was a lot of camaraderie. Um, performing under pressure at a high level, because we were playing on like the same football field. We were playing on college football yes. fields. Yes. And, there, so, and there were a lot of people that would show up to these things. So it was kind of like, you know, and you had one shot. You only had one chance to do your thing, and you either nailed it or you didn't. So yeah. it was a lot of pressure, um, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. But you know what the funnest part was? was the that? bus rides. There was oh, a lot of. Oh my gosh! Yeah. We would ride on the bus. Yes, of course. And there was a lot of making out in the back oh. of the bus. Yeah. There was a lot of tomfoolery going oh. on. What about shenanigans? Were there any shenanigans? There were shenanigans were not allowed, but there was tomfoolery. <laughs> okay. Um, I never had a marching band girlfriend. But boy, did I try. I tried. I really tried. But I mean, when you have like, you know, six other dudes that also play the saxophone like Richie Cunningham, I mean, you know. You mentioned the uniforms and kind of being intimidating and like people knew who you were and all that stuff when you went to the competitions. Was it kind of like, you know, the cheerleaders or the football team, like on game day? Did you like mm-hmm. wear your uniform to school all day too? Oh and, like, God! Run around and like go check me out. I'm gonna be on the field no. at halftime, baby. No. no, no That's no. the thing. Among at these competitions, amongst the other marching bands from all around the state, were we were a big deal. Yeah. At school, we were absolute dorks and nerds, mm-hmm. and everybody made fun of us. Oh, so. No. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was not worth it. We had a severe lack of respect, ridicule, even I remember, at school, oh, and no. uh, that's why we, you know, that was part of it too. We were really ins- insular because we had each other. You know, we were like, well, we're the band dorks, so you I know, guess we have each other. Aaron, you know. As I recall, didn't you letter in in marching band though? Wasn't yeah, yeah, that you I did. Like a varsity yeah. letter. For oh yeah, for sport. sure. Yeah, definitely. I lettered. Uh, Two years, I mm. believe. Yeah, two years marching band. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was proud of that. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and you know, I, I, I and then I, I switched schools. 
Uh, you know, this ties into our parents' divorce. Um, <laughs> I ended up going to three. I went. I ended up going to three different high schools, yeah. uh, which was about as much fun as you'd think it is. Um, and then I did. I was in marching band for one year at Dobson High School, which was a marching band that did have cooler uniforms. They were like um, like cowboy uniforms. They had like a like cavalry officers, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and they had cooler yeah. colors. They were blue and gray. Yeah. yeah. They had gloves that like gray. Glo- they look like like. It was like Dallas Cowboys almost kind of theme. You know what I mean? I know. Speaking your speaking your language. (laughs) Very cool uniforms. And the band Dobson was known throughout the state because they had the biggest marching band. It was Mm. huge. But honestly, they weren't as good. They just weren't as good. The level wasn't as high. And I quit the band my senior year. Not so much because it wasn't good enough because I was just more into like hanging out outside the Circle K and smoking cigarettes than I was, oh, sure. you know. Sure. So, but you know, yeah. then right after high school, you got right back into marching and wearing a uniform <laughs> with the United <laughs> States Army, everyone. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was actually like lower pressure in some ways. Oh my God, that <laughs> yeah. concerns me for our national security. I'm very well. When you go to that. when you go to boot, it actually was quite a helpful thing because when you go to sure. boot camp, you, get up early, you spend right? the whole first month or so of boot camp just marching, marching because you have to be good at marching and marching is not easy. It's rhythm and it's yes. you have to be able to all turn together. You have to be able to t- do these maneuvers on a on a dime, you know? Yeah. yeah. I knew what I was doing, and I was so good that the drill instructors kind of used me to help teach all the other dumb guys how to do it. I did not mention, I I learned this in marching band, drill sergeant. I didn't say that. I knew better. I knew better than to do that. You just picked it up really quick on day one. You're just that good. I'm a quick study. That's all. I mean, the unfortunate (laughs) thing about the fact that your high school classmates did not appreciate the incredible talent and the show-stopping performance, which I remember very well, how yeah. entertaining it was and how exciting it was and how cool it was. Yeah, um, they were they were missing the boat because it, at the college level, Aaron, marching bands. I mean, depending oh, yeah. on the college, but there yeah, are many it's a thing. across this great nation. It is a thing. Like, it's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very exciting. They're very in it. They're not what they used to be. They do like. Man, they do all kinds of crazy stuff these days. Like, man, I don't know. Like, we did a we did a Raiders of the Lost Ark theme one time. I remember that was very exciting. They they play like more interesting music, and they just yeah. they do all kinds well, of crazy there's, stuff. There's all different styles. So yeah, I I've seen a few. Have you have you seen any Aaron like college level ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a few. Um, I've seen Arizona State and U of A many times, and yeah. Arizona State in particular was known for its marching band. They had a really good marching band. Um, yeah, but there's some there's some big ones out there, for there's sure. There's some big ones out there. So, uh, you know, the spirit of Dr. Amy style, just a little bit of research for you. So top 10 uh, oh. college-level marching bands in the Ooh. United States of America. Um, yes. At number 10, Purdue University's All-American marching okay. band. Okay, go Boilermakers. UMass Amherst Minutemen. Oh, Coming okay. In number eight, University of Texas Long. Yes, band. I knew that Long one. Band. Yeah, Texas. Mm-hmm. Se- yeah. Seven is James Madison University Marching Royal Dukes. Mm. 
Okay. The Royal Royal Dukes. Royal Did not know Dukes, that. Okay. That's right. And I have seen number six, Stanford University's Leland Stanford wow. University marching band. Now I'm the surprised there are only six. There that's a famous band. It's a them famous and, band, but it's also them in Ohio State. Yeah, it's weird yeah. to watch Stanford because you know, there's different styles. There's the like really military type style and then there's the like the the historically black colleges and universities are super, you know, famous for a more, you know, choreographed, like, like fun music and dance and drum lines and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Stanford is like, a, uh, it's not yeah. very choreographed. It's like a no. party. And they they got not, in trouble, didn't they? They march in formation. I've seen them live. I think I saw them at the Rose Yeah. And they're just all over the place. And then you have number five, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee, Pride of the Southland Band. Okay. Number four, Florida A&M University, the Marching 100. Number three, Ohio huh. State. As you Ohio mentioned. State, that's a big one, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. of course, here on the West Coast, you have oh, le- the... Let me guess, UCLA. Yeah, it's got to be. UCLA, number one. The uh-huh, okay. Two, yeah. They're USC, the Trojan Marching Band. Of course, the of USC, course. UCLA. Yes, yes, yes. That's because it's all about the showmanship. Hollywood, baby. Hollywood, you know? baby. And That's also, why. I mean, it's gorgeous yeah. weather. You may as well get out there and march around <laughs> and have some fun. Sure. Sunshine. You don't have to deal it with is rain fun. or snow or yeah. hurricanes or tornadoes, you know? I do remember, like, the, the feeling you'd get when you'd go through the whole routine and you'd, you'd nail it. And then you'd stop on a dime and you would it just was it just felt so good. It was such a feeling after all that pressure, all that practice, all those early mornings um, to be able to go out there and perform and nail it and do really well. It just feels really good, just like any extracurricular activity. Right. Like if you're any sports team or anything um, or like Amy, when you would finally get one of your Girl Scout badges, your many, 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 many Girl Scout badges. You know, yeah. it makes you feel good. And that's why our parents made us do this stuff in the first place, I believe. So now, I will you. admit. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Hmm. For, yes. Uh, thank you. Get, letting us have music lessons, renting yes. the, the first saxophone for Aaron, and then later right. buying it, which those things are not cheap. Right. And I don't have it anymore, sadly. Yeah. But, but I am still a musician. Right yeah. It, you know, and so. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, yeah. can you start your own uh, like middle-aged person marching band in your local community <laughs> there? What do you say? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody would want to see that, but Where's maybe. Steve? I don't know. Where's Steve Westby. Let's get Steve Westby. Steve Westby get... still lives in Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if he still has his saxophone. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't. I'll, I will admit, Doctor Amy, I don't play the saxophone anymore. I am still a musician. I played uh, other instruments, mostly the guitar, and I do. I but I have. I learned to read music, and I learned the basic principles of music through band at school. I, you know, I was in the jazz band. Mister Sauerbrunn, who I even though he ended up hating me, I must say thank you, Mister Sauerbrunn, for introducing me to the blues because he. He did. He saw something in me. He saw that I was a decent musician and he spent time with me, um, you know, teaching me the the basic structure of the blues. 
And uh, I still, that's my building block of music, and I still use it to this day. And I'm very grateful for that music education that I received when I was young because I do still use it, and it's an important part of my life, and it always has been. And I am more enriched and fulfilled. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) He was a bit of a sourpuss, though. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That w- and then, like you said, Amy, it all came in handy when I joined the Army. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so if you want your child to join the military, uh, make sure they're in marching band. They'll, they'll have a leg up. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Lots of fun. All right. There you go. That's so marching fun. band. Yay. How about that? <laughs> okay. If you Lots still have what, that uniform from Corona del Sol, I think you should put it on <laughs> and march around your house. Well, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, uh, 35 years later, hopefully Corona del Sol has new marching band uniforms. <laughs> I really hope so. Because oh there's no way those polyester things are still together. That can't be. That just can't be. <laughs> All right, that's a lot of fun. Thank you, Dr. Amy, for marching along with me on this tour of what it was like to be in the marching band. Um, if you were in marching band, we'd love to hear your oh stories. Go to yes, go to our Facebook page. The color guard or the, the any of that. Thing, any of that stuff. Yes. Who's the, the leader? The person who does this? The drum major. Yeah, drum major. Yeah. Oh, man, our drum major, she was mean. Yes. She had the most steely stare. And she could, like, she knew, like, if you screwed up, she would be, like, like an eagle. She would just zero right in on you, like, I see you. Don't do that again. It was like that, man. I ain't lying. Anyway, it was fun, though. (laughs) That's it for us this week on The Latchkey Kids. We'll be back with more next week. Until then, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.